0: Stan Island's coming in hot, and we have some cool brand. You don't want to miss this episode of the Indie Ball Report podcast. Hey, all right, we're back. He's well. I'm Nick. And how about those Cowboys?
1: Well, uh, now there there are some other Cowboys, but. <laughs> for for just regular purposes the uh as far as the Dallas Cowboys man that w- that that was predictable wasn't it
0: it was, it may have been predictable but man did i enjoy it do oh, I... I
1: enjoyed it i enjoyed it a ton that was that was it was terrific and and just to, and just for the record and i thought about saving this for 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 the end yeah. but maybe i'll just give a preview now yeah. I'm sorry, Da like I'm sorry, Dak, that you that you're angry that you don't know the rules. The ref has to touch the ball.
0: Yeah. Plus Don't
1: hand the ball to your center, hand the ball to the ref.
0: Plus why do you run sorry. that far? Like if you would have just slid the lecture like five yards sooner, they got plenty of time. The Ref doesn't That's have to it. run as far plus that ref was booking it. He was hauling ass. Like I had a I don't know how you blame the refs for that, especially when you took 14 penalties throughout the game. I mean, like, come on.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, It's just ridiculous. But Cowboys going to Cowboy. But America's team lost, and that means America won, really, at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that lets everyone for another year go, how about them Cowboys? That's correct. But we're going to have more Cowboy news in a little bit, but not particularly relating to Dallas, more the greater Houston area. But... We'll get to that in a bit. We actually do have independent league baseball news because we didn't know this is an independent league baseball show. We may have confused you there in the first minute, but at this point, you know the branding, you know what you're getting. Uh, we're going to open up with Staten Island, though, because Staten Island has some big news coming. Supposedly it could come as soon as this week, and that is a manager announcement. And that manager is uh, going to be former Met. Eduardo alfonso at least rumored to be it makes a lot of sense he was uh, in brooklyn in or really from 2014 to 2019 the last three years of that as a manager himself and in case you didn't realize it or in fact forgot uh the current i believe general manager team president of uh the Ferry hawks they have con- direct connections with uh, the brooklyn cyclones in fact seemingly the whole front office <laughs> is former brooklyn cyclone based so uh it does kind of make sense that a currently former cyclone that's not doing anything else would jump on to staten island uh we we'll discuss now uh what are our thoughts on this hire
1: well I, first of all, you can understand that, you can, you can understand the connections, like right off the bat, just because, look, Gary Perot, obviously from Brooklyn, most of the, most of the front office, as you mentioned, Nick, is from Brooklyn. However, uh, I mean, Edgardo Alfonso, uh, is a terrific, terrific manager, and a really good hire. So, not only was, is he beloved by Mets fans, not only is he a big name, which, of course that checks the boxes and definitely not a bad thing mm-hmm. as far as uh as far as indie ball managers uh however he led the he led the cyclones to the new york pen league championship in 2019 unfortunately against my Lowell spinners but that's oh. besides the point uh and i guess well it's the, the final new york pen league championship right
0: yeah so i suppose the cyclones just kind of hold on to that title well depends is the do they make the New York Penn League a full-time, like, summer college league? Or did they just kind of kill it and move the teams around?
1: No, they just... I think, I don't, I think the league's totally dismantled and just each team okay. went somewhere.
0: Okay, that's what I thought happened, but I wasn't sure. For some reason, I thought maybe it did, it did the whole switch thing.
1: Yeah, no. So, it, it they are the, they were the last uh, New York Penn League champions. Uh, and then the Mets just decided not to renew uh Eduardo alfonso's contract the following year a lot of fans were upset about it uh and i can see why gary perone would want to bring him back because i because if you don't know uh gary perone despite the fact he was the assistant general manager with the brooklyn cyclones he has no say in that right that's yeah. all the mets that's all the mets he has he has no say in whether Egardo alfonso comes back or not he has no say in whether uh um, and whoever comes in as manager, that's all just the Mets handing them stuff. They just handle the business operations. So it, it's, you can understand the connection. He's a really good manager. He's a very, he's a big name. Uh, and now, the, of course, the question is, does he know how to build a roster? I don't know, but that's what Medina's there for, right? Is yeah. the head of baseball ops. And that's why that makes sense. A guy, you, you have a guy, uh, who has so, so much indie ball experience. Uh, to help kind of with the with the roster building and I've got Alfonso more just on the field managing as well as I'm sure helping as far as the player recruiting aspect. But that's why that pairing is so important uh, because Alfonso doesn't have um, any indie ball experience. so that's that's really uh, the that's really the the important pairing there. And I think it's a really, really good hire. like it, it's a home run hire for me.
0: see, I also like from the perspective, if we know, Part of the Staten Island Yankee problem was using that Yankee branding and seemingly only trying to appeal to Yankee fans when we know Staten Island's more. I'm not sure if it's exactly an even 50-50 split, but there still is a sizable Met fan population that when you call your team the Yankees feels rather isolated from. They're not very they're not feeling like they're the target demographic when really if it's minor league baseball or any sort of entertainment option you should be targeting literally everyone in the surrounding area and something like this when you bring in a guy that's you know a met fan favorite from not that far long back when you bring him in to manage you're definitely saying look we're here for everybody now, not just Yankee fans, not just Met fans. We're here for everybody now. You're definitely trying to bring those people back in, and I do think that's one very good way of going about and trying to do that. Uh, that said, the the lack of experience does concern me a little bit. Obviously, there's a lot of moving pieces. I'm not <clears throat> still dealing with a little bit of a cop, so bear with me, but... I I do wonder if all the moving pieces, you might have wanted to go with someone with a little bit more experienced. And obviously, it's not official as of the time of recording, but it's been heavily rumored. It makes every sense in the world, and it's essentially just waiting for this to be announced at this point, at least in my understanding of the matter. And uh, I do, like I said, wonder if the moving pieces is a little bit much. I think I feel a lot better about it. And I do agree it's a good decision. At the very least, it's obviously going to bring people out to the ballpark. He's going to be great in the community. He's going to be, you know, doing... Everything you need to. And obviously on the field, he knows how to manage and he can definitely adapt with a changing roster. Yeah, clearly in Brooklyn, there guys going up and down a lot too. So I, I don't doubt any of that. It's just the more roster construction where my concern is, especially because Medina's new to this role. I mean, he's been pitching up to this year, so he doesn't really have any front office experience. So this is just kind of where I wish we would have had one more guy in the player procurement end that would have had a good amount of experience and there are at least some experience to know how to go about doing this i I just don't really love when you have two guys that are unexperienced or inexperienced rather uh doing something like this in independent league ball uh kind of leading the way but of course it could work out well i mean look at lexington uh with coltac in that role he he wasn't the most experienced guy when he took it over and obviously they recruited a lot of guys in uh same thing with pj he, Coached and managed over in the uh, Pacific Association, if I remember correctly. And obviously, that's a league's different than the Atlantic League. So, you know, it, there's a the track record working out, certainly, but I it still does concern me a little bit.
1: I understand that. Uh, I do understand. I, I do get that perspective. However, I think that just because I don't really worry about Medina in the sense that he has been. A player in indie ball for so long so he kind of so he understands how that all works right and i think if you were to bring in if you were to bring in somebody um i don't know just from a major league front office uh in whatever role they may have been in uh and then you put them in, in indie ball okay maybe it's uh maybe it's a little tougher when they just don't really know how indie ball works i think medina um, does provide that even if he doesn't have experience in player procurement, he does have experience in just how indie ball works. He sees how the rosters are built. He sees how the... Uh, uh, the, he sees how the changes are made, um, mid-season, uh, or at the beginning of the season, or maybe towards the end when you, when you really just need some guys for a couple weeks. I think that it's a good fit. And I'm not so much worried about that just because Medina has been, does have that indie ball experience and he's been around for, for so many years in indie ball. I think that really helps, uh, even if it's not in that specific player procurement role.
0: Uh, it, the experience in, in Indie Ball definitely does put me at ease a little bit, but still, there's more to it than just finding guys and signing them and everything that goes with that. So it, uh, it like I said, I just would have liked to see somebody that had been in there before. And there was definitely candidates that had experience in independently baseball for various roles that weren't chosen. And, Like I said, I'm just a bit concerned about that a little bit. I just feel like that they could have went somewhere else with it and got more experience on it. Now, I still think it'll be fine. I still like each of the hires enough to where I feel comfortable and feel good about it. But at the same time, the lack of experience does still concern me. But more to the point with Alfonso, I do think it is a good hire. I think from on the field wise and just in the community wise, everything you need for a new team, I think he's going to do that well and i think he can get you maybe not a playoff team but certainly a team that's contending
1: yeah i think it's hard to it's hard to pin expectations on them at this point in the season just cuz we yeah. really don't know uh i mean look we i mean the ducks have made like what a few signings yeah, at this point three or a few four yeah. minor signings so I, I think that it it's a little it's a little tough knowing uh like hitting expectations you know we we just got to see the rosters first but I, I think that um, I think he's a big name, has experience managing, and has had uh, a lot of like success uh, in in the minor leagues. I think that's going to help. And you know, I, I can understand your concern as far as not having an experienced indie ball coach or uh, or anybody in that player procurement role. I think you know, I I, I wonder where where that comes in as far as uh, Alfonso's staff. Does he look towards for the Indy ball ranks to try and go for for pitching for for a pitching coach or something like that? Maybe I don't know. We'll we'll have we'll have to see. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, so so I think that'll be the next question for Alfonso as as he builds his staff. So uh, perhaps that might be an avenue that that uh, he'd want to pursue. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see it. But I think the manager himself is very good. He's a big name,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and I think that'll really help the Staten Island in their inaugural season.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that hundred percent. I do think going after that more experienced like bench coach, hitting coach type of role, would definitely be something that I think they should look at. I think maybe, and it, I'm not sure if this name in particular makes a lot of sense here, but possibly could work out well with good Atlantic experience. The whole nine on it, Scott Kelly may make sense to bring in as like a a hitting coach or something like that. Obviously, no. You see,
1: Scott Kelly was a 300 hitter last year, so.
0: I mean, it's also <coughs> it's also by Atlantic League standards here. So I mean, let's well, are we not in the Atlantic station. League? Gee, fair, but still, I that was honestly the biggest twist of last year too. I mean, imagine telling you that at the end of nineteen. Oh, I guy, know. Kelly's going to be a three hundred hitter.
1: I know. <laughs> like th- that. That was that was really like if you told me pick one player or stat line to say. To describe the 2021 Atlantic League season, boom! I give you Scott Kelly as a 300 hitter, no doubt about it.
0: Even for individual player, yeah, I'd probably go with the Ducks leading the league in ERA with one that's higher as a team than like 480.
1: Yeah, I mean that's too easy though.
0: Fair, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Scott Kelly in 300, you got a good point with that. So. Uh, i think we've uh we've put in a lot here on Staten Island not sure if you have anything else you want to say on that before we move on to uh, the next bit
1: no i don't think so i, I think that uh I, i'm i'm away i'm interested for their official announcement and press conference and some of the answers that he gives and stuff like that so i'm sure by, by this time next week we'll have some of those answers
0: yep definitely so with that said we move on now to the next story in this list which is the glacier range riders now i know you're wondering what are the glacier range riders well they are the the newest pioneer league team formerly known as range or ridge run Also known as the Kalispell team. It's the new one that's in Montana. That's having a brand new stadium constructed. We've talked about the stadium before. We talked about the team founding before. And we are also going to break down their name now. Uh, So Glacier is going to be their kind of like location. Actual in there. So instead of like Kalispell or Rich Run or Flathead Valley. All their options. They go with Glacier. The reason why for Glacier. Uh, there's a nearby national park glacier national park that they're going to name themselves after which i think is pretty cool it's a pretty unique way of going about it plus glacier kind of stands out it's a bit different i like it uh and then range rider i I thought that was kind of an odd name because i thought it was going to be like glacier range and then writer's name but it's in fact range rider as the kind of nickname for the team and that is named after kind of the original uh, park rangers from like the teens, the uh, the teddy roosevelt era uh, and they apparently go around the range and try to prevent poachers and uh, like timber thieves and things like that basically air do that were roaming the park uh, it was their job to kind of get in there and stop them so, like I said, basically park rangers. So, uh, we're going to have the the logos and everything linked in the show notes if you want to check those out. But they're pretty cool. They're uh, kind of like different types of animals you'd find in the region dressed as park rangers and things like that. So, all in all, uh, pretty good branding, pretty good design. Liking the name. It's growing on me a lot. Uh, Brandiose type design. So, you know, you know you're getting. But overall, I like the name.
1: Yeah, I have to admit, when I first saw that uh, the Glacier Range Riders, I was very confused. Yeah, uh, I was kind of like, "What on earth?" Like, and what, of course, the name like Glacier, I, I I kind of assumed like, "All right, there's got to be some sort of like, at least former glacier near nearby uh, the national park that, of course, the national park in in Montana, a pretty famous one." Uh, so I assume it had something to do with that. Uh, but I think now after reading a little bit more about the historical significance, I think I like it a little. <clears throat> I think I like it more uh, than I, I initially did. And, you know, I, I think it makes a lot more sense to, you know, people that live in Montana, which I certainly do not. So I I would not uh, I, I would not really know. However, I uh, I think the name is it's creative. So I think it's a, it's, it's creative, but not corny. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. Usually for, for, in, for Indie ball names, I'm looking for something that's like creative and like historically significant to the local area, checks both those boxes as well as, um as well as just a name that uh, is not all that corny. Like, I don't know, like, I still don't love the, the, uh, although it's grown on me a little bit, still not a huge fan of of the y'alls you know yeah uh so i I don't i don't know i I I see
0: see exactly what you mean because like when you go with these like i don't want to say like hyper localized but like almost cartoonish type names they just seem and this may not be the best word to describe it but they almost seem cheap like they seem like they're not gonna last very long it just seems kind of like really this is what we're doing we're not taking it very seriously it doesn't seem like
1: exactly and that that's that's the point like all right we're just we're just naming it the most ridiculous thing we could think of uh to to just sell merchandise like the burlington stock puppets or something like that
0: yeah like we're going for clicks we're not going for you know like these are a standard of quality here
1: Right. So, and I and I don't think this is that. So yeah. I, I think that it's a, uh, it's it's creative. It's not it's not corny. It probably makes a lot more sense to the people who actually live in Montana a lot more than I do. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get that, the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna say that it's the branding and, and stuff like that seems seems pretty solid.
0: Yeah. No, I, I definitely like the branding. I think it is pretty good for my branding too. You incorporate the local area. And the name is pretty, pretty solid there. You could shorten it to just like double R or even just writers or even keep range writers in how you refer to them. And it all works pretty well. All in all, I think it's a pretty, pretty solid job on the branding there. <coughs> and I forgot to mention this to you in the pre-interview, but I guess I'll just mention it now in the show. We actually sh- should be having the president of the uh, Pioneer League on. Sometime in February. I just need to work out a date with you on that. And then we can figure out uh, when we're going to have him on there. But yeah, right. that's that's there, pretty much there, done. There, yeah.
1: There there we go. There we go, uh, listeners. Uh, everyone was asking, when are you going to cover more Pioneer League Baseball? There you go.
0: Exactly. See, we're finally giving in. We're giving you what you want. We're, and we're going to tack another name on to the league president slash CEO slash commissioner tree that we've had. So...
1: Listen, this show is run by the listeners for the listeners. And considering I was a listener back in the day, that is true. Exactly. uh, Only to a certain extent,
0: though, if you ask us to cut down on the profanity, which I don't even think we're being profane most of the time, you know, then you're just shit out of luck. But outside of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That, that That's a classic time.
0: Oh, God, that (laughs) I kind of almost feel bad about that because we probably could have had that a little bit better. But at the same time. I still stand by my statement, but,
1: you know, c- could we have, perhaps, uh, should we have, eh, it was fun.
0: <sighs> yeah, I stand by it, it wasn't that big of a deal, but, yeah, so, you got good Pioneer League news, interviews are on the horizon, I got a bunch of stuff I need to schedule, I need to get a planner so that way I can lay it all out so that way I keep track of all this stuff because writing it on a calendar just isn't as good as a planner. I don't know why I like planners, but that's all off topic. We'll get back on topic by talking about the next thing here. Not directly independently related, I suppose, but given the week, given the amount of stuff in the week, uh, I figured that these two things are close enough related that we can talk about them. We'll go with the one that's going to be quicker to get through first and that is the Houston Astros are rebranding the Sugar Land Skeeters. Now, naturally, we got to kill off anything that's left of that independent league spirit and identity. That's what the Astros want. Keep in mind, the Astros did buy out the Skeeters, or at least had enough of a portion to be able to do this kind of a thing when the Skeeters went to A, which was probably the least surprising thing to happen in the whole restructuring. But regardless, the Skeeters need a new name. That name has widely been reported as... Wait for it. The Space Cowboys. So how about them Space Cowboys? And right there, we have the title of this episode. So, yeah, the Sugarland Space Cowboys. <laughs>
1: wait, 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 wait. <laughs> did you just come up with that, like, on the fly? Or were you, like, thinking about this? Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what this is going to... That's the title of this episode. Or did you just say that and you're like, bingo.
0: Okay. Half and half on that. Okay, I came up oh. on the fly yesterday, and I was like, "Oh shit, that works good for the title. We're gonna run with that." <laughs> so, like, I,
1: I was hoping it was totally on the fly. That would have been really impressive.
0: You can believe whatever you want. I don't want to take the magic from you, like Disney World. But regardless, uh, presumably the name for space cowboys refers to the NASA region, you know, in Houston. Oh, it's big for NASA, big space, and space, and space cowboys. And then the other part is probably just Texas culture, being cowboys and things like that. Uh, I am afraid that this team may go ahead and do something boneheaded in the bottom of the ninth, like, I don't know, laying down a bump with two outs. So I'm concerned about that. But regardless, uh, space cowboys is the name you know <laughs> if it was like a new team starting i'd be like eh it's whatever on a name but sugarland skeeters just seems like better than sugarland space cowboys
1: yeah um you could kind of t- and again let, let's how a lot of this was was written the astros are rebranding the sugarland skeeters the astros gave them this name yeah you can tell because the astros i i i like the um the uh the i like the first name the uh uh, the glacier range riders
0: yeah
1: not a fan of this at all not i just i just don't understand it there's no first of all i i the sugarland skeeters are kind of iconic for the area for one yeah two i can i can sort of understand why you're like oh we need to uh like we need to bring it. We can, We need to rebrand to like separate from from indie ball. All right, whatever. If you really want to do that, go ahead. But the space cowboys, like it doesn't seem like there's really any historical significance to it. Like there, of course, we get there's like a movie, space cowboys that was, you know, some of it was shot in Houston, but the movie wasn't very good. Yeah, I, there, there's
0: yeah. there's the a country the... song. Well, it, yeah, the Casey so cool. Musgrove song and the line from the Steve Miller band song, you know. But
1: Yeah, like, it just, it just seems corny. It's not well thought out. It's not historically significant. It, it doesn't, it, it's just not a very good name, I think. I'm just really, really not a fan of it. And you can tell that the Astros were the ones behind this and not the Sugarland Skeeters themselves. It just, I'm all right with the rebranding, but the space cowboys just doesn't really make a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, like, you could tell there's no benefit for the Skeeters themselves to rebrand, especially when they've been there for like 10 years now, where they've had 10 years of brand identity built up, 10 years of marketing the team as this 10 years of you know pretty much success here because you wouldn't have tried to buy them out and make them affiliated if they weren't successful if they didn't have a good facility if they didn't know what they were doing and it just kind of seems like you know everything that we rag on major like baseball for coming back around where it's like hey we're going to come in and make a change that really isn't all too harmful but just is really unnecessary and like you were doing a good job running your own thing, but we just don't really like the way you're doing it. So we're gonna make you do it a little bit different. It that's just what it seems like to me. Then also it just is like it seems lazy to be honest. It's like okay.
1: Very lazy. Sugar, that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, it's like Sugarland's just outside of Houston. Houston's known for space. We'll go with space. Yeah, that's a good starting point. We need a space thing. And then we need like a noun to go along with it. Okay, we could go with Texans. Nah, 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 that's too close to Houston Texans. Can't do that. All right. Can't go with Rangers because they're already another major league club, so that'd be confusing. All right, well, what else is there? Well, Texas is known for Cowboys. We could go with Cowboys. All right, well, what kind of spacey adjective are we going to use? We could go with, like, comets or something, but that's a noun. Well, why don't we just go with space? And then we could, like, make some jokes about, like, the Steve Miller song and everything. We could have good, like, kind of content around it. Okay, that works. Like, that just seems like how this went. It, it just is like, really? If you're going to rebrand it, at least, like, go with something else. At least put some effort and some thought into the thing, for Christ's sake. But, like I I don't even like, think you really needed to rebrand it. Like, if you really were that dead set on kind of, like, having your own new look, then just, like refresh the brand do what the yankees did the somerset get rid of you know jerseys that look objectively better <laughs> so that way you could force pinstripes on them but hey you could just do that like that's makes so much more sense or like what the twins did with the saints they changed the logo or not really changed the logo they changed the uniforms more or less and boom all well and good like you could have just done that that would have made so much more sense than just you know total rebrand on it but.
1: yeah it, it's, it's lazy it, it you're right it, it seems like they just kind of created it in 25 minutes um, and yeah. again space like obviously the international like like the like like space of course Houston and space are, are synonymous with each other problem they're not in Houston they're not in Houston it's Sugarland it's not Houston so I understand it's a suburb I understand they're not far from each other but it's not Houston, and I don't like when when you're like when you're stretching this to like the max, and it's the, yeah the rebrand is just really bad. It's not technically Andy anymore, so I guess I can't get that upset about it. But it's really bad, I think.
0: Yeah, it's just not very good. That's that's the issue here. Like, I'll just leave it with this: like, if you told me that someone made like a, an MLB the show, to, like create a team. Or a uh, like well, any one of those creative teams in a sports video game, and they were to call their team like the Houston Space Cowboys, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds pretty on brand. If you were to tell me that like a professional sports team called themselves the Space Cowboys, I'd be like, oh, well, it's like a promotional thing or a permanent thing. <laughs> and then when you said permanent, I go, oh, okay, and then go about the rest of my day. I just, like I said, I don't really like the rebrand. But like you said, well, it's not indie ball anymore, so it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. so okay. exactly. We're gonna keep talking about things that aren't technically independently baseball on an independently baseball podcast, but do relate to it and that's again the RoFO Ump, because we just simply can't get rid of this thing because we got to keep talking about it because it keeps reappearing and this time it's reappearing in A. It seems like it's mostly AAA West, although there is one AAA East team that is looking for a uh, automated balls and strikes operator. That's how this is known. It came through ESPN, so take that for what you will. And apparently there's job listings for ABS operators, as you probably could just infer. That is in the aforementioned Sugar Land, Albuquerque, El Paso, Las Vegas, Sacramento, Charlotte, Round Rock, Reno, Oklahoma City, Salt Lake City, and Tacoma. Uh, it, the automated ball strength was also in low A southeast last year, but now it looks like it is coming to AAA officially. The Atlantic League was tweeting about it, kind of like quasi-celebrating it, but um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of that. I'm sure AAA hitters are going to love this, though. I know they're going to absolutely love it, and hopefully they have a better uh, mocked-up strike zone because otherwise it's going to be a real fun time for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, people are about to see this on a lar- on a larger scale. Uh, and again, if it's if there is uh, if it can't be any more obvious, right? What's going on here? Uh, it can't be it can't be any more obvious yeah. that uh, about the fact that the automated balls and strike system is going to be in major league baseball and, uh, and just the fact that it's now that they've seen enough in the partner leagues, uh, it's still in like a couple spring training sites and like the low and like in, like the Florida state league. Uh, I can't say low a Southeast. It yeah. just sounds so stupid. So Florida state league, I'm going to continue to call it. <laughs> um, and I, I think that, the fact that it's in a lot of AAA ballparks now, mostly in the West, but um, uh, as well as one in one in the East with with Charlotte, Uh, I think that it's so obvious now that it's, uh, that it's going to be um, that, that it's going to be in major league baseball rather soon. This is the last step. I mean, could you see it by 2023 in, in, in the major leagues? it's quite possible. And I think that now more than ever, we've now seen a firm, uh, a more firm timeline that if they're, that if the MLB is satisfied to this, this will be in major league baseball games by 2023. And it, listen, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Uh It's going to be interesting to see how people react to this. Uh If that, if it's just the exact same system that's been used in Atlantic league play Uh and, so it's going to, and you're going to see a lot of, you're going to see MLB players getting used to this when either they are like been optioned to AAA, maybe, or when they're on rehab stints, you'll see them get used to it as well as prospects, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is the biggest step, uh, that we've seen from, a, from automated, from the automated balls and strike system. I don't like the term robot umpires because yeah. they're not really a robot umpire because there is an umpire behind on the plate. That's yeah. just how I view it. I hate the robo ump term robot umpire because i don't think it's accurate i don't think it speaks to what it actually is yeah uh but it definitely paints a
0: bad picture i'll I'll agree with you on that because it's just there for balls and strikes i mean even in the atlantic league at least for a little while umpires had some veto authority
1: right but i think the only veto authority they had is if like the ball like bounced like in front of the plate and like bounced like through the strike zone okay the computer can't really read that uh, cause it's just like, Oh, the ball's there. Like, I I don't, I don't know where the, I don't know if it hit the ground, like, like 10 feet in front of the plate and bounced up. Uh, so the, the, I just know it went. it went through the imaginary box. So, uh, so that, that was really the only veto authority that they had. It wasn't like, I don't agree with that. I think that's way outside ball. Like it's not, That's it, not really, yeah. that's not really the veto authority that they had.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got nothing else to add, really. It's just like, yeah, it's here.
1: Listen, I think that this is the, this is really the sign, the telltale sign, that the MLB and Rob Manfred want this into the game by 2023. And whether it happens in 2023 or 2024, there's one thing for certain. It's coming. So if you don't like the automated balls-and-strike system... Hate to tell you, you're gonna have to get used to it because it's going into major league, ga- it's going into major league games really soon, especially if it has, I don't even want to say if it's successful in AAA, but if it's like passable enough that the, uh, if it's passable enough that there's not as much complaining, that there's not like a full scale riot among players and umpires. That's what I think the MLB determines as a success because they just don't care about bad publicity. So I think that, um, listen, I, I, I think that the, I, I think this is the most prominent sign that this is coming. And so people are going to have to be ready for it. They're going to have to accept it because it's the future and it's very, very close.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's going to happen. Plus there's an open CBA to be right now where you could just pretty much dump whatever you want into it. You put in a timeline on it, and boom, it's there. And it just seems like they're they ready to move on to it, so hey. And there's a large chunk of fans that are, you know, ready for it. So if there's a large chunk of fans that are ready for it, whatever the players want and whatever the umpires want really doesn't matter all too much as long as they're allowed to do it according to the CPA. So
1: Yeah, the umpires have no power. Yeah. like they they agreed they agreed in their last labor negotiations that the uh, that the MLB could do this when they wanted but the, the umpires have no power whatsoever.
0: Yeah that it's just gonna kind of happen. so so that's all we really got for the week. I got nothing really else to add on that. I think Wilpin Pinrich said it all and even if he didn't I, I don't know what else to add. so uh, that's pretty much where we're at. We're gonna have an interview for you next week or not next week but you know beginning of February. Well, actually, possibly next week. Maybe next week. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> depends if I can beat this little bit that remains of a COVID cough or not. That's really the determining fact here because I can't really do an interview, uh, coughing every two minutes or so. Uh, but with that said, we'll get to the plugs and then we'll get out of here. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Pod, You can do so on Instagram at alpb underscore news or at indie ball report both places we post a lot of cool stuff uh, articles we tweet out things you know this is where you can stay up to date pretty much get a good read on what we're going to talk about on the show uh so be sure to follow us there you can also follow along on the website that's where we got all the show notes of links including the picture to the glacial range riders logo and everything uh in the show notes on the website, uh, including the episodes and the articles, they get posted on social media. Get posted there as well. Uh, that is indieballreport.com. Be sure to check that out. And then uh, on top of that, they uh, just you know like, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Tune in, Stitcher, Spotify, Podomatic, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Deezer. Uh, like I said, pretty much any major podcatcher, we're on it. So be sure to listen. Uh, there as well um with that said i don't think uh do we got anything else left to add
1: uh only thing i have to add is one which is with the point i already previewed cowboy fans stopped complaining about the rest they did nothing wrong in in that in that sense your quarterback needs to know the rules and also dak prescott despite like not knowing the rules and completely blowing it by not getting down earlier as you mentioned nick yeah uh, not only that, you then have the audacity to go up and condone um, trash to go, throwing. Up and, to go up and condone uh, and praise the fans for throwing trash at the rest. Well, you know what? You're a piece of trash, Matt Prescott. If you actually believe that, like, it's terrible that you you can say whatever the hell you want and, like, take your fine or whatever. But that is insane that you're condoning fans throwing trash at refs when they did nothing wrong. Why don't you take responsibility for the mistake that you made and be a man about that? So that's all I have to say about Zach Prescott. I I lost a ton of respect for him for what for, for what he sat up there and said and, and refused to take responsibility for his own mistake instead saying, yay, good job fans throwing trash at refs.
0: Yeah, it is encouraging poor behavior. I mean, like, it's... I was surprised when he went up there and said, oh, that's the case? Well, good on, good on him. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that, it's really your fault. All right. Plus, I mean, if we really want to get down to it, if you look at the clock, the Cowboys gained about eight seconds on that because when they respawed the ball, there was more time put back on the clock from the Niner, you know, failed... Uh, failed uh, third down conversion... And then when the Niners took the timeout, the clock should have been at 38 seconds, but it was at 40 seconds. So the Cowboys got way more time than they actually should have. So everything about that is just kind of fine to me. Uh, As far as things to add, uh, let's see. This would be the last episode before Henrik Lundqvist night. So Henrik Lundqvist, number retirement, looking forward to that. Deserves the honor. That's all I really got to add. And I know Henrik Lundqvist would never condone trash throwing, so because he's a good guy and he's he not. Pr- he's pretty much good at everything except for handling a puck but literally everything else he's perfect it's, it's quite impressive
1: Henrik is very anti-throwing trash address and I respect that I respect that
0: about him because he's a very classy guy I mean I mean it's it's impressive he's an impressive individual hell of a goaltender he can model he can play the guitar he can do the studio work he can just do basically everything I'm thoroughly impressed with Henrik Lundqvist but yes so that's all I got to add I don't think we have anything else left to say so until next time don't forget to play ball